episode 52 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on September 11th, 2017. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week, it's time to break out Augie's great municipal band to celebrate because we are now a part of the tribe. I'll tell you all about the SWOTOR Influencer Program. Also this week, Game Update 5.4 introduced the mobile home. I'll tell you all about my fully armed and operational Umbara stronghold. Daily areas are still rewarding massive CXP. I'll tell you how long that will last and plans for future CXP events. Finally, could the next story chapter be Romancing the Arkin? I'll have details later in the show. And with that, it's time to make the jump to light speed and check out the State of the Old Republic. Well, welcome to episode 52 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted. And as you heard in the opening, I have a terrific show lined up for you today. As always, let's review some announcements for the Old Republic. And uh, first up, the official in-game events page has been updated, and there's now one event listed for you, and that is the Bounty Contract Week, which will run from September 19th through the 26th. Also, on September 22nd, Bad Feeling Podcast is going to have Eric Musco and Charles Boyd on their podcast. It'll be at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and something I'm sure you don't want to miss. Also... The folks at Corellian Run Radio recently had Eric Musco on their show. It was episode 192 of their podcast. So be sure to check that out, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes. So that's it. That's all the announcements I have. Uh, let's slice the holonet and get to the news this week. And first up, somebody must have told Bioware about my little maneuver at the Battle of Tanab because I am now officially part of the Star Wars The Old Republic Influencer Program. Don't everyone applaud at once. And I say that because the influencer program has been one of the more, I don't want to say controversial topics because I think that's too strong, but opinions on it range from, hey, it's really cool that Bioware does this, to what is this influencer program you speak of, to it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy and not at all helpful. So here's what I hope to do. I'll tell you what the influencer program is. I'll tell you what it's not. I'll tell you what it means for me and what it means for you. And I'll answer the all-important question, how much influence does an influencer have if an influencer could chuck wood? And spoiler alert, it's not as much as you'd think. Now, the influencer program is something that Bioware started about a year ago. I first heard about it during one of the live streams that they did for Knights of the Eternal Throne. It's a group of content creators, mainly streamers and podcasters and video creators, I don't think that there are any pure bloggers in there right now, although that's certainly not prohibitive in any way. Uh, we do not get paid by BioWare. We do not work for BioWare. We don't get to design the game now. I don't have a red phone on my desk that I can pick up and push a button and the BioWare team answers where I can go, hey, can you make it so the cinematics from Manan and Umbara don't play every time I travel there? Oh, and while you're at it, can you lower the spawn timer for Valen Korik? on Droman Koss. 
That's not what this is about. The influencer program is more about helping with communication and promoting the game than it is about changing the game. You've probably noticed that influencers had an opportunity to test the Avela and Esni uh, fight, and they were able to tease out information on Crisis on Ambara ahead of their release. So what does this mean for me, and what does that mean for you? For me, I like to speculate on things, whether it's talking about things that have been data mined, or guessing where the story goes next, or guessing when Bioware might release something like 6.0. I may not be able to do that. I'm probably going to have to do some tightrope walking for some of those things. So what does this mean for you? Well, it means I may get the opportunity to interview members of the development team, like Eric or Charles. It also means I should have opportunities to give stuff away like cartel coins, and I definitely plan to inquire about both of those things, so stay tuned. One thing I will say is this. The State of the Old Republic podcast is still the State of the Old Republic podcast. Just because I'm in the influencer program doesn't mean I'm now going to stop being critical of the game if there's something I don't like. And it doesn't mean I'm going to stop making suggestions on how to change things. Just understand that this podcast and the Influencers Program is just one point of feedback data that BioWare collects. If you remember in episode 43, I talked about a post from Eric Musco on where BioWare gets their feedback. And their sources include the official forums and the SWOTOR subreddit, which they view as similar, social media, mainly Twitter, the influencers, and focus groups. Like I said, the influencers are just one point of data and we really don't have that much influence when it comes to shaping the direction of the game. In fact, it's practically zero. That said, the feedback isn't just my feedback. The influencer program is not a pipeline for me to deliver my personal wish list to BioWare. The idea is that this podcast is a community. If you have thoughts, opinions, and suggestions about the game, let me know. Send me an email at sotorpodcast at gmail.com. Send me a tweet to at sotorpodcast. Post a comment on sotorpodcast.com where I host the episodes. I'm happy to let Bioware know what you guys feel about the state of the game. And the final thing I want to say about the influencer program is this. It's not full, and if you're a content creator and are wondering how do you become a part of it, well, here's a little advice. The big thing is consistency. You have to churn out content on a regular basis and demonstrate that you're in it for the long haul. I started this podcast in August of 2016, and it took almost a year of doing it before I was even considered for the program. And even once I got on the radar, I spent about six weeks on double secret probation before getting in. And by the way, this was not something I was necessarily shooting for. I asked about the program briefly at the Cantina Tour at Star Wars Celebration, but the invitation was the result of being recognized by a few of the other influencers out there. In other words, focus on your content and not the influencers program. If you do that and can produce content on a consistent basis, you'll be a great candidate for the program. And remember, while it goes without saying that you're a fan of the game, If you produce content for it, you don't have to be a Care Bear and you don't have to talk about everything in the game like it's rainbows and unicorns. So that's it on the Influencer Program. If you want to hear more about it, check out Episode 4 of The Council. Uh, That was a show I talked about last week. This was their main topic of discussion. And also, Swotarista made a great video on the program as well as listing some of the influencers. And I will have links to both of these in the show notes.
All right, well, let's shift gears and talk about something in-game, and that is the Umbara Stronghold. Now, to unlock the Stronghold, you needed to run the Crisis on Umbara Flashpoint. Ten times if you did it solo, and of course, I did it solo. It's not very long, and it's cool. It's just not run it ten times in a row cool. Or, if you're me and somehow skipped one of the bosses the first time through, it's not run it eleven times in a row cool. Now, leading up to the game update, they released a short story called Trading Scars. It was good. It was about a few characters on board the train uh, where things went down. Now, I don't know about you, but I was expecting to run into these characters as I went through the Flashpoint. I thought maybe they'd be one of the boss fights. But to my knowledge, they didn't make it into the Flashpoint, and I guess we're just among the many nameless NPCs we slaughtered on our way to betrayal. In short, I thought it was a missed opportunity here. I love the fact that for story mode, there is no GSI droid. They've gotten the technology to the point where they can tune solo modes around you and a companion. And I should point out that the Star Fortresses uh, don't have the GSI droid either. And it's nice. My main tune has bioanalysis, so I was pleased to see NPCs that could be scavenged as well as bioanalysis nodes that you could farm as well. They designed it such that you only go through the story once, and even if you run it further in story mode, it's very light on story and cinematics. And overall, it was fun the first four times. After that, like anything else, it just got tedious. I thought Umbara looked gorgeous and wished that it existed outside of the Flashpoint and Stronghold. You know, a visitable planet with a daily area of some kind. Now, after the initial story, it was mainly a vehicle to purchase the Umbara Stronghold, which I did. I purchased it and unlocked both of the additional cars, and now because the Stronghold cap was not increased, a move I disagree with, by the way, I had to deactivate one of my other Strongholds. I chose to deactivate Tatooine because I had barely decorated it, and it was going to have the least impact on my Conquest bonus. In fact, when I'm done talking about the Umbara Stronghold, I'm going to revisit that topic as well. Now, I wanted the Umbara Stronghold for three reasons. One, I just wanted to see it. Two, I figured it'd be small and easy to decorate to completion. And three, I found the story reasoning as to why I would have a train as a stronghold somewhat compelling. And let me start with that. And a warning, I'm once again going to get into spoilers for Crisis on Umbara. But really, at this point, that Nexu has left the station long ago, so there's no point in shutting the barn doors now. If you haven't played the story, it's kind of on you. Well, so remember, we were called to Umbara to track down the Alliance traitor. The traitor was reported to be aboard a train carrying a shipment of Adegan crystals. We board the train and slog our way to the front, where we learn that the traitor is none other than Theron Shan. He traps us in the engineer's compartment, blows up the track, and then flees on a speeder, leaving us to die a horrible death. Of course, we survive the train crash, but then need to fight our way across the brooding, unbarring landscape before Theron ultimately escapes from our grasp. All in all, it was a pretty messed up day. And it left me thinking, why on earth would I ever want to return to Umbara, never mind making a stronghold out of the same train we faced, where we faced our greatest betrayal? And then I thought about another Star Wars character who also had a pretty messed up day and then built a home on the site of his greatest tragedy. Of course, I'm talking about Darth Vader and his castle on Mustafar. 
That was a badass move, and so was acquiring an Umbaran train and riding it around the Umbara countryside. We're sending a message to Theron saying, maybe you think you had an ulterior ulterior motive and we're hoping for the benefit of the doubt, but I think we're just going to doubt the benefit of you instead. And by the way, there was a great event over the weekend where the Tor Family Guild got together and held a Believe in Theron event. And, you know, you should check out uh, at the Theron Sean on Twitter for pics and details for the event. There are a lot of people who believe that Theron is just playing the spy game here, and you can count me among them as well. Okay, so the about the stronghold itself. As I said, I got it because I thought it would be small and quick to decorate. It turns out that it's pretty big. It's a train, so as you'd expect, it's pretty much a giant hallway, and it takes a while to get from one end to the other. In fact, there is a speeder that you can ride from the midpoint to the front of the train. There are over 400 hooks required to get it to 100% decorated. In addition to the interior cars, you can climb up and decorate on the roof of the train. The one thing I liked about this stronghold is it's hard to screw it up. You can literally just slap stuff down on hooks and it doesn't look bad. Imagine if you had a real stronghold on Umbara and the only way to get there was by train. And you had more stuff than could fit on the train, but you loaded up with all your crap to take to the actual stronghold. That's what decorating the Umbara train is like. You can just go crazy and put random things in random places, and it looks fine. There are a ton of wall hooks, and there aren't that many different types of wall decorations. So this stronghold screams, you know that pile of trophies and pictures you've collected over the years? Well, this is your opportunity to plaster the walls with them, so be prepared to go to town with those. I did get my stronghold 100% decorated, and it's like a giant circus train. I have random stuff everywhere, but it's like ordered chaos. I've got a giant Revan statue on the roof. I've also got creature mounts roaming around up there. I put a light. I put a giant Life Day tree on the roof along with the Wampa and Festive Tauntaun and the Life Day Reveler. I've got plants and mounts and companions up there. The train is kind of shabby looking and those metal couches uh, that you can just get from the vendor actually look really good on it. I've got the, I've got a club car with a bar and dance floor. I've got the storage car with crates and stuff. I've loaded it with all of the leftover decorations I had from my other strongholds, and I have to say, it looks pretty good. The only decoration that I think is mandatory is putting Koth's shuttle on one of the starship hooks that's on the caboose. And you can purchase that for 50,000 credits from a vendor on Odessin that's located in the smuggler's area where Hilo Viz likes to hang out. So that's it on the Umbara stronghold. Yavin 4 and Manan remain my favorites, but this is a pretty good addition. And like Manan, the cinematic plays every time you visit. So I do hope that they fix that very soon. Now, regarding strongholds in Conquest, I was thinking about this a little more. They chose not to raise the stronghold cap to 7 because of Conquest, which I did not agree with. I thought it would be better to increase the cap to 7 and let us have another 25% bonus until they came up with something better. It is what it is, and I do think it's probably time to decouple conquests and strongholds. Just focusing on that, I think there are a couple of things that could be done here. One, they could make conquest bonus just be a global legacy perk. And since most perks are five ranks, you could make it so rank one grants a 50% bonus, 
and then ranks two through five grant 25% for a total of 150%, which is what we have now. You could also do a combination of a guild perk of 25% and then a global legacy perk of 25% per rank. And short of completely overhauling the conquest system, I think this is a pretty good solution to decouple, to decouple strongholds from conquest. The downside here is having to pay for five ranks to get what you have now, and that might not go over too well, but getting rid of the bonus outside of overhauling the conquest system would not be good either. All right, so moving on, I wanted to talk about CXP in those daily areas. And in case you aren't aware, Yavin 4, CZ98, Zyost, Section X, Oricon, and the Black Hole are still awarding massive amounts of CXP and will continue to do so for the near future. It's part of the compensation for the downtime that occurred during the CXP event. And Keith Kanig hit the forums to explain their plans for this and future CXP events. And here's what he said. Since the double XP slash CXP event ended on Tuesday, we've decided to bring it back earlier than planned. That is, we had scheduled to make it available in December around the holidays, but it'll return with the launch of Game Update 5.5. That will give you another full week to benefit from the event. The daily area bug is also going to stick around for a few weeks. As Eric mentioned in another post, our plan was to fix it next week in another patch, but we've decided to hold off on any changes until Game Update 5.5. I'm personally leveraging this as a means of playing my other tunes and raising their command rank to 300. Honestly, it's been a lot of fun seeing so many other players taking advantage too. It is very clear everyone is really enjoying higher rewards on the older daily missions. As a result, we are exploring some options such as increasing CXP values above their base rewards, making rotating daily objectives worth high bonuses, and more. We will let you know where we land on these discussions, but one thing is for certain, higher CXP values are very motivational. Again, I want to thank you all for your patience the past couple of weeks. I like this. I've been running through those areas on my new Assassin, and it's nice to see the ranks fly. I don't know that it's great to see so many others doing this as well, though. Trying to find lurkers on Yavin 4 in crates to smash in the black hole is not something I ever wanted to relive. Now, like I said last week, this needs to be a temporary buff or else players will focus on these dailies at the expense of playing other content and they'll get burned out on it. Some kind of rotating event or tying it into the Galactic Command bonus is not a bad way to go, but having this be permanent will do more harm in the long run. And again, the fact that a CXP event was planned for December is another indication that 6.0 is a long way off. So if you've been taking advantage of the increased CXP and you're climbing through the ranks, then you're probably getting lots of gear and replacing items left and right. I now want to talk about legacy gear and the question to legacy gear or not legacy gear. And what this choice comes down to is the convenience of being able to pass around legacy gear to other characters versus the cost of ripping out mods and enhancements from new items that you get. The big issue here is legendary quality items, the 236, 242, and 248 pieces. The cost to remove a mod from a legendary item is 48,000 credits per mod, so it is anywhere from 96 to 144,000 credits to remove the items from that gear. Conversely, the cost to augment a piece of gear is 40,000 credits. 
Of course, you have to have an augment kit, which if you buy those from the GTN can cost you around 70,000 credits per kit. And if you have to rip an augment out of a piece of gear, well, that's another 16,000 credits. So the total cost to augment a piece of gear could be as much as 126,000 credits. So that's 126,000 credits to augment a piece of gear versus 96,000 credits for ripping out the mods from a, from belt or bracers or 144,000 for ripping out mods from other pieces like head and chest. And again, we're talking the cost for the legendary pieces, the artifact quality pieces, the purple, much, much cheaper. So it's pretty close. However, there is another wrinkle here, and that's if you're upgrading a piece of legacy gear, you then need to decide if you're going to destroy the existing mods or are you going to rip those out as well to use them elsewhere. And that's where things can really get expensive. Because if you're upgrading a 236 chest piece with a 242 chest piece, that's an additional 144,000 credits to rip out all of those 236 item rating mods. Now, there isn't a right answer here. I like to use legacy gear because I do swap the gear between alts. But if you don't have a need to move that gear between characters, you're probably better off just slapping an augment kit onto the gear that you get rather than using legacy gear. However, in the grand scheme of things, 100 to 200,000 credits really isn't that hard to come by. And with the outrageous amounts of CXP that you're getting from those daily areas, you're probably running those daily areas a lot and you're earning Boku credits. So one other topic this week is Arkin and the possibility that we may be able to romance him in a future update. There has been no official announcement. However, on September 3rd, Eric Todd Dellums, the voice actor for Arkin, tweeted the following. At SWOTOR family, hashtag Arkin is back. The adventure continues, hashtag share love. Now a player replied, Arkin romance confirmed. And Eric Todd Dellums replied, yes, with an exclamation point. So don't know when or how or what. But it sounds like Arkin will be romanceable at some point in the future. Now, I don't know if we'll be able to romance him if you're already in a relationship with, say, Theron, which I guess is kind of over anyway, or Lana, which is presumably still going strong. But they've allowed us to kind of break off those relationships uh, before. And I assume that we'll, if this comes to fruition, that we'll probably be able to do the same thing then and don't know if this is just going to be a separate side quest that they introduce into the game or if it's going to somehow be integrated into the current storyline but given the choices that we had for Arkin and Senya during Knights of the Eternal Throne I, I think this is just going to be a side deal if you chose to keep them around now I'm sure there are going to be people out there who said oh my gosh if I had only known that we'd be able to romance Arkin at some point. I might have made a different decision during the story than I did and now will find themselves locked out of that option on their favorite tune. I do know that you can go to the terminal on Odessin and reclaim companions that have gone missing or that you've lost based on decisions you've made throughout the story. Uh, I think that applies to Arkin as well. 
What I don't know, though, is if it is sort of this independent side quest not related to anything in the story, if you would have access to that if you just reclaimed him from the terminal. I'd like to think that you couldn't do that. I mean, it's a trade-off, right? I mean, I always thought that terminal was nice because there is some cost associated with these companions, meaning you level up their influence, you use them for crew skills. Uh, so it was always nice to be able to get them back if you had done that and not feel like you wasted your time giving them gifts and whatnot. But then having a quest line available to you if you, you know, made the decision not to keep them around, uh, doesn't really make any sense. And I, so I think you would probably would be locked out of it. So we'll have to wait and see. Like I said, none of this is official. This is all just coming from the voice actor who did Arkin and, and, and what he tweeted out, uh, a couple of weeks ago. So we'll wait and see if anything comes from here. But I'm, like I said, I'm sure there are people here who'll look at this and go, Oh, if I had only known, I might have done things differently. And well, you know, at least you have the option to play the story on other characters and maybe do something differently with them. Well, that's all I have for today. So let me cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another half hour listening to episode 52 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. And I really do thank you for listening each and every week. I, I, it is, it is appreciated more, more than you know. So with that, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show's site, which is SotorPodcast.com, and then I have an RSS feed where you can subscribe directly to the podcast as well. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at SotorPodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at SotorPodcast, send me a direct message, or post a comment on sutrapodcast.com where I host this, this shows. And be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the podcast. Now look for episode 53 on September 19th. And remember, the Sith Code cake is alive.